What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender with Adam Ronis over here. What's going on, everybody? What's up, Ronis? How you doing, man? I am. Uh, I'm warning you right now. I'm spent. I'm totally spent. I did a a, a 15 team roto draft, snake draft last night, and then this morning I turned it around to a 16 team best ball draft, and uh, and I'm I'm exhausted. I'm absolutely exhausted. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. Drafting can take a lot out of you. Uh, you know, it's a lot of mental fortitude that you need. You have to be alert. You got to pay attention to what's going on. So, yeah, definitely um, is it's definitely takes a lot of time and energy out of you. Yeah, it definitely does. And, um, you know, I mean, listen, you know, it was kind of funny, too, because it's also it's it's like it's two totally different drafts, right? FSGA Champions League five by five, um, roto right, regular roto average, not OBP. Um, and you know, and I'm like, you know, I'm drafted against, you know, I got Rick and Glenn right next to me. Uh, on the other side of them is Steve Gardner. Um, you know, on the other side of me was uh, were the Yahoo guys. So you know, it, it gets crazy. It gets a little tight. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, obvious pick sniping. And then, and then this morning's was i mean it, it was a best ball draft on uh on rt sports so it's all points based and like i've been doing those in my sleep right i've been doing you know those but the ones that i've been doing have been 10 teamers and so all of a sudden it was like boom 16 teams and that got that got crazy like i mean you know the deeper that we started looking and you know listen no middle infield no corner infield and he only used three outfielders but man, I got to tell you, man, I was I was going through that, and it was uh, by the end of it, I was just yeah, I was cooked, I was done. It was crazy. I love yeah. both. I love both teams, though. I, I'll give you that. And I didn't get Bobby freaking Wit in either one of them. I went earlier than you thought. In the uh, in the fifteen teamer, he went in the uh, in the fifth round. Okay. Right, you know, you and I, we had that conversation. You said you saw him go fourth in the fourth round I'm of uh, NFBC. Yeah, right. So, and I've been seeing him go in the sixth round. So I was like, okay. So fourth round came, and I was like, um, who did I have? Oh, so I had Bo Bichette, I had Matt Olson, and I took Aaron Nola. And then the fourth round came, and I was like, all right, you know what? I mean, listen, Chris Bryant is sitting here, and. Uh, you know, it, I'm I'm picking in the middle. He's not going to get back to me. He's going to go. Third base is thin. I hate third base. Um, so I grabbed Chris Bryant. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll you know, I, you know, I said I'll look for, I'll look for Bobby Witt in like the fifth round. I said the fourth round. I said was too early, so I'm not going to do it. I go Chris Bryant, and then coming back around in the fifth round, uh, somebody swiped Bobby Witt from me. Yeah, he's been going, uh, you know, he's had a great spring too. And the the other thing is he was kind of hitting at the bottom of the lineup and lately he's moved up towards the top and he's been hitting well. So I think people are starting to get excited. Um, I will say Chris Bryant went 20th overall in an NFBC main event today. I don't have an issue with that, dude. I, I do. That's way too early. That is just, <laughs> I mean, that's like, Go get your guys taking it to an extreme. Come on. He's not going to steal bases. And Coors no. Field helps more for average, not power. 
because of the l- large outfield gap. So, like, really, Chris Bryant to the second round in a 15-team league? No, I'm not doing that. I want to be in that draft. I think that same, you- dra- same draft, too, three pitchers in the top five. DeGrom went two, Cole four, Corbin Burns five. Ooh. Those, those, the main events are wild, though. That's, that's what happens. Pitching always gets pushed up. So, again, just context for people listening. This is not your home league. This is the NFBC High Stakes League where there's a six-figure grand prize, 15-team league. So you see wild things like this. So this doesn't mean you do it in your home league. You don't have to. Know your competition. Know who you're going against. Know the platform you're on, what site you use. You know, take that into consideration. I'm just putting this out there for those that do dip their toes into the high-stakes leagues. Well, listen, man, you know, in the 15-teamer, you know, Cole went sixth. Burns went eighth, and then uh, Degrom went eleventh in the uh, in the first round. So, um, you know, and yeah, I mean, listen, pitching got crazy pushed up here as well. Uh, in in this one here, it's why I grabbed Nolan the third. I was like, all right, let me. I'm gonna have to start looking at it. And so, and I didn't get when I when 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 Bobby Witt got taken from me, right? I was like, okay. I'm going to have to shift gears here. I'm going to have to kind of turn things around because I was thinking about, you know, all right, I'm going to take Bobby Witt here um, and then try to game plan afterwards. But when he went off the uh, off the board, I was like, all right, now I got to figure out where I want to go. And with the way pitching was going early, I thought, okay, you know, let me, uh, you know, let me look into, into some, some pitching here. This is rounds five, round six. Uh, more people are starting, even the, the pitching heavy people are starting to move into their, uh, you know, into some of their hitters. So I went Darvish and then coming back around uh, in the sixth, Dylan Cease was there. So I was like, because right. like all of a sudden, like people started hitting the closers. I took Darvish and then it was like Classe, Romano, Presley, Diaz. They all like, you know, started to go closer. So Dylan Cease was sitting there for me. So in a 15-team league where I didn't prioritize pitching, I have Bichette and, and Matt Olson and Chris Bryant are my first three hitters there. Uh, I, I feel like Nola, Darvish, and Cease is a, is a pretty solid trio to have. Yeah, for sure. Um, Cease has a lot of ability if he could just keep that whip low. Yeah, uh, you know, because the strikeouts are there, obviously, and a good team should be in position to get wins as well. I actually, I don't, I don't know if I have any cease this year, um, just because of yeah, he goes very early in a lot of the drafts that I've done. Yeah, I love that strikeout potential. Oh, yeah. I love no those strikeouts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I mean, you know, that was that was just the uh, the move there. I I feel like I I kind of backed off of uh, off of some stolen bases and stuff um probably maybe a little too much i mean i got a couple of guys who could steal me a you know a handful of bags and stuff like that but i i just i i felt like you know what let me let me deviate from what i normally do and let me you know let me let me grab some of this uh this early pitching and find some uh some value plays some under the so, so some like under the radar guys like a guy like jared walsh right as my corner infielder right i mean the dude's a 25 to 30 home run bat um, you know, to, to get him later on and to not worry about it, to make sure that I've got the pitching, uh, was important. Also on rtsports.com, 
you got to unbury certain names. We've done this, right? Knable, Taylor Rogers. I I, I had Knable and uh, and Taylor Rogers all queued up in the uh, in the, for the ninth round, and uh, and I was like, all right, this will be good. I'll be able to grab them. Uh, and Knable went to Steve Gardner, like two picks right in front of me. I was like, you son of a bitch. He, he's smart, man. You know, like I'm sure there were some people in that room that were not aware. They were just going on what's in front of them. Yep. But Steve is obviously a veteran in this industry and knows what he's doing. I'm sure he had his rankings or something in front of him or had draft on RT before and knew. Um, yeah, it's very important. We emphasize this all the time. And maybe some people are just jumping in now, getting a late start on baseball. But whatever platform you're on, you got to make sure you're familiar with the rankings. And uh, we're alluding to RT Sports now, where there's a lot of players who are like 2,000, 3,000. And whatever you do, just don't go based on the platform in front of you. If you like Howard's rankings, mines, the combination of fantasy alarm, print them out. And as the draft is going on, cross out the names. Or if you use draft software, whatever it is. But you have to have something that keeps track of things. Because if you just go based on the visual in front of you, you're going to get fucked. You're going to be like, oh, my God, I didn't realize he was there. Where was he? Yeah, he was buried because you didn't take the time <laughs> and effort to, to do these things. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who do it. And you just can't because you never want to be in an important draft and go, fuck, I had no idea this guy was available. What a bargain. Justin Verlander's another one, too. He was buried because mm -hmm. um, I saw that when we were doing our staff draft. I got him in, like, round 13. I was kind of waiting and waiting. I was like, all right, I can't wait no more. Someone might see him soon. And there were a couple people like, oh, a couple of people commented, were like, yeah, Verlander was one of the best picks. Um, and he had another good outing today in the spring, four innings, um, and looked good again. So, yeah, it's very important, man, because especially, you know, I didn't notice it as much on CBS, but definitely RT. I haven't done Yahoo or ESPN, but I'm sure there's a lot of players that are just buried. And a lot of you guys play on those platforms. you got to be make sure you check yeah know your platform absolutely i do it's the first thing i do you know so a lot of the, the people who like show up to the draft room five minutes before the draft starts right and they haven't looked at anything at all i immediately i go to a draft room early and then i just i immediately dive through the queue and just start pulling up players uh just so so you know they they stay on the radar and i can kind of uh game plan for them so, and I always keep track of like what they're, because if you move a guy off from RT, you know, like from, you know, into your queue, you don't see, you know, it doesn't show you where he was ranked. So you don't really, you know, you don't realize exactly how far, you know, like, you know, how far down he is that you wonder if you can like wait another round. I think that's kind of what I did with Knable, right? Which is why I ended up with Taylor Rogers because I pulled them both up. Uh, and I was like, man, Knable's really far down here. I think I can, you know, let me let me grab and I grabbed uh, I grabbed Walsh, uh, you know, and, and solidified the corner infield spot. And then boom, Knable, Gardner, damn it. Um, I'll say this: Did you um have you have you filled out the tout table this week yet? No, I'm gonna get to it. So the question was was you know obviously it's uh, what what's going on. Uh, in drafts now that might be different that you, you know, want to talk, you know, that, that you want to warn people about. And so, all right, so I won't, you know, ask you what you're doing because I'll let, leave that for the, everybody out there on Tout Wars. Um, but I um, I did mine. Dude, the price of closers right now, I that mean. Was, that was going to be mine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's I want. It's nuts. I, 
Yeah, I wanted to, you know, I guess part of it for me is doing a lot of draft champions where they're pushed up, but I'm still seeing it in regular drafts. By the time that you're in like the ninth or 10th round, right, you're looking at like Craig Kimbrell, who you're waiting to see traded. You're looking at David Bednar, who we were just told is now going to be in, as part of a committee in Pittsburgh. So it was like, it's bad enough that you're not on, you know, you're, that you're that you're closing for Pittsburgh, but now you're going to be in a committee over there. It's like garbage. You know, maybe the Barlows are available to you. Maybe Kittredge is available to you, who actually might get a little bit of a bump with Pete Fairbanks going to be out for an extended period of time. But like, it's it's amazing though. But like, when you're at like the tenth round, and like those are your closing options. That's pricey, dude. That's seriously pricey. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. I mean, it's kind of like supply and demand, though. I mean, I get why people are, but it's just I know there was a main event team that started their draft with Hayter and Hendricks, their first two picks. Like, I can't do that with Fab. Like, so, I mean, I, but people, I guess people are looking at like, hey, these are reliable closers as long as they don't get hurt. And just after, you could say after the top 10, there are major question marks. You know, even Blake Trinan, we thought he was the guy. Dave Roberts is not committing to him. Uh, we heard in an interview on the radio, Gabe Kapler said, if the season starts today, Jake McKee is the closer. Everyone's drafting Camilo Duvall. I mentioned it yesterday, recapping my draft on the weekend. I got Jake McGee for a dollar. Right. So you mentioned the Pirates. I did pay for David Bednar because um, this was before the news, seven bucks. and. Chris Stratton is not as good as Bednar, but if they are splitting, it's the Pirates. What are you going to get, 15 saves each out of them? Now, it's not a lot, but every save matters in this landscape because there are going to be a lot of teams that employ committees. You know, does Kittridge have a firmer grasp on the role because Pete Fairbanks is hurt? Um, so, yeah, there's just so many question marks with a lot of teams, like who's the closer for the Reds, who's closing for Seattle, San Diego. So that's why. People are like, look, I don't want to play this game on the waiver wire. I don't want to be wasting, you know, 60% of my fab speculating on closers all year long because so many teams are going to do it. I'm just going to get two guys early and move on. I understand their sentiment, and they might be right at the end of the year. It's something that I still have not been able to do. I want to get one solid closer if I can and then try and piece it together. And it's not always going to work. Now, people – again, playing in the main event or an overall championship, I think they're going to do that more likely because they're hoping that they can get two solid closers. But we all know, we see it every year, what we project as the top 10 closers, it never usually works out that way. It never works out the way you plan it, Adam, let's face it. <laughs> so what's, what's, what's the highest you would go for a closer? What's, what's the earliest you would, uh, you would react? Um, like Kase in the fifth or sixth. I haven't done it yet, but maybe. I mean, I guess I'll find out Sunday night when I do my main event. I didn't pay for them in my home league. Um, I have the GST league next week where I'm pick. I, I have the third pick overall. Yeah, how am I not in the GST for baseball? Just football. Um, we only have one league of 15. We don't have two. Like ah, there you go. There you go. That explains it. 
Sure. If there's an opening, you want it next year? Nope. Okay. Of course I do. What are you talking right. about? Of course I do. I need to improve the quality of my leagues. I told you, man. I pared down a bunch of stuff and you know, whatever. If I'm gonna pick up a new league, it's it's gotta be a quality league. That's just well, I've it. been I've been in this league for four years and won it three straight years. Really? Yeah. Who's in this the, league? And the first year that I was in it, Joe Galena won it. I love Joe Galena. Yeah, I'm picking next to him. I know he's he's a good player. I like Joe Galena. So really, so who's in, who's in the GST that's like that, that's letting you win this three years in a row? Um, there's been some change, some a little change, but uh, Chris Carroll's in it. Um, that you know, uh, Billy Hayes is in it. Galena, Jerry Colvin, uh, Adam Lorber's in it. <laughs> Lorber, that explains it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? He's easy money. He's listening, so. He's total easy money. Are you okay. kidding me? <laughs> God, that dude, that dude hits me up for advice. You know that he's easy money. Well, yeah, he won't be hitting me up because uh, we're competing. You know, have you ever had that? Somebody like asks you advice for, for, for that. And all of a sudden you turn around and you realize that you guys are in the same league together. Well, um, I don't need to do that because I know these guys in my home league listen to the podcast and radio and my content and everything. So it's basically the same thing. They just don't have to ask me directly. They just tune in. You guys need the inside track. Hit me up at RotoBuzz guy on Twitter. I'll let, I'll, I'll, I'll reveal all of Adam's secrets, his deep, dark fantasy secrets. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> For a price, of course. Eh? I'll split the money with you, Adam. What? Hello? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the closer situation, that's what I put down for town. And that's it's just it really it boggles my uh my mind. You know, you couldn't couldn't pay somebody to draft a closer early uh 10 years ago, and now it's like, oh my god, like the, the overpricing is uh is is brutal, absolutely brutal. But we fight on, we do. Love it. All right, going to take a quick time out here, uh, pay some bills on the other side. Um, we're going to talk some MLB futures. Adam and I were on the Fantasy Alarm Show on Friday, and we kind of dabbled in a little bit. Um, but, you know, I mean, we only get so much time there on that show, uh, and we don't get to say that this guy's a fucking turd, and I would never play, you know, bet on him. Uh, so on the other side of this commercial break, maybe uh, maybe we'll find out uh, some insider scoop there for MLB futures. So we'll be right back. All right, Adam, talking, you know, DraftKings Sportsbook kind of thing. Um, kind of looking at some of the uh, some of the the futures here because I mean it's getting close to the season now, right? We're getting some clarity on a lot of spring training position battles. We're getting some clarity as to to which teams um, we want to invest in, we don't want to invest in. Do you do you like doing futures, wins totals, stuff like that for MLB? Not a lot. I don't go heavy on it. You know, I might look at a few if something stands out, but uh, I don't really go too heavy on it. Okay. Uh, do you look towards like wins totals? Do you just look for like the outliers? Like this is you know just way too low numbers or stuff like that. 
Yeah. I mean, like one that stands out is the A's. I know they kind of overachieve for what they've done and the trades they've made. You know, they're at 70 and a half. I kind of like that under. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, their team is shit right now. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, maybe look for like, uh, some long shots and player futures. I know we were going over some of the Cy Young award winners and there, there were some that were just so dumb for even being in the conversation that were too high and some that were not even there, which was my mind. Let's see if they fix that because they had Lance McCullers plus 1400. He still is like how he's the sixth. He's tied for fifth in the AL Cy Young. The guy is hurt. Like, I, I, how is that number not moved with a tear with a tear insane, man. Insane. Um, yeah. So, and then even on the, let's see if they put him in. I didn't see Freddie Peralta, Freddie Peralta listed yeah, and I still don't see him. Um, yeah, that's, that's crazy. But yeah, I mean, that, man. It, it's, it's, um, do they have any, um, but it's home? a good thing. You can go plus 6,000 on Corey Kluber. Yeah, because that's definitely something I would do. Just kidding, guys. What do you uh, think about what do you think about Verlander at plus sixteen hundred to win the Cy Young? Dude looks really good this spring. He's coming he back off of Tommy John. And the thing is, I would I don't think the Astros have any need to preserve him because yeah, push him. You're trying to win. Old. Yeah, um, it's not crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, the guy's a workhorse. He has looked good. So it's not crazy. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking about that. Um, you and I talked about Lucas Giolito at plus 1,100. Yeah. Cy Young, definitely digging on that one. But look at you, Darvish, in the NL at plus 3,000. He's looked good, really good this spring. He's talked about he made some mechanical changes to help alleviate some of the pain he was enduring last year. So I like him in that spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I you also liked uh, Jack Flaherty at plus two thousand, right? No, see, this is <laughs> no, no. This is one of the things that I hate because I was off Jack Flaherty, so right. I don't like seeing guys that I was off of get hurt because now that takes a pick that I was like, all right, good, take him. Now he goes way down, so I hated seeing that. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't want to see anyone get hurt, but it's inevitable. Guys are going to get hurt, but I just don't like seeing players that I'm not invested in and didn't want to draft get hurt because now it pushes a player that I potentially want up the board. Um, so yeah, I didn't like seeing that again. I don't, I don't know why he's plus 2000, but yeah, some of these are mind boggling. These were, these were made pre I, I like, I feel like these were almost made pre lockout and unless there's like a glaring thing, like, you know, whatever DeGrom was, Right, because I mean, he definitely moved up to plus three thirty after seeing him pitch. Oh, I just saw one, man. Kyle Schwarber's home runs thirty one and a half. Give me the over, baby. Kyle In Philly, thirty one and a half. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> um... Castellanos is thirty one and a half too. Wow, Alonso is 41 and a half. Olsen's 39 and a half. Yeah, that's, see, that's too high. I like finding yeah. those like real. Those... Vlad, Vlad is 43 and a half. Yeah. Even like Joey Gallo at 38 and a half is too yeah, high. For I wouldn't me. touch that. Mm. You know what? 
I, I I would go I would go uh, over home runs for Chris Bryant over thirty and a half. I would uh, do that. That's close. Bobby Witt's twenty and a half. Yeah. Mm, I wonder if they think he's not coming up. But again, these are, I don't know how sharp these are based on what we saw with the Cy Young list. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, what is Schwarber to win the home run title? Um, plus 2,500. That's not bad. Alonso's plus 11. Damn, Salvador Perez is fourth? <laughs> Come on, man. He's not going to repeat that. Uh... You know what one I want? I want Wander Franco under 21 and a half home runs. See, that's tricky because that could be a guy. I know we didn't see much power last year, but what if he just taps into that power this year? Yeah, you know, I feel like, you know, and and Jim and I were actually talking about him today because I said I like him more as a reality player than I do as a fantasy player because I don't know if he's at that age right now where he's ready to really break out kind of thing. And, you know, and for the same token, I don't, I don't necessarily know if he profiles as a guy who's going to be like a, like a 30 home run bat. What did you say the number was? 20 and a half? 21 and a half. Yeah. I, I don't think I would touch that either way because and he hits 22, you lose. I mean, it's certainly possible. I mean, wait, 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 whoa, whoa. If I take the under 21 and a half, if he hits 22 home runs, I lose? Yes. <laughs> I'm saying, though, like the dude. I'm just fucking with you. The guy hit, I mean, I know he didn't show much power last year, but he has a taste of major league experience now. He played yeah. 70 games last year. What if he just, what if the power comes this year? Maybe it does. I will. I will happily. You know what? If I take the under and he hits twenty-two home runs or twenty-three home runs, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take that L. I, I just don't. Yeah, I, I, my personal belief. Like this is not like a. I'm not like. Oh my god, this is a lock. You got to make this bet right now. This is just. You know, this is my feeling of what I see out of. You know, for for Wander Franco, uh, and as he's as he's developing. You know, I mean, I do think that he could, you know, peak, you know, with a with a, a decent number at some point, maybe he peaks at like, you know, like a 28 home run season. I just don't see he's just not that type of to me. He's just not that type of hitter. Like I, I, So that's that's all. That's that's just my my personal take. I'll, I'll bet that one on the side and uh, and and I'll call it my Ronus special uh, and I'll look at and I'll track it all season long. Yeah, no, nah, the favorite one that stands out to me is Schwarber over 31 and a half. The guy had 32 home runs last year in 113 games. He had 38 home runs in 2019. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had 30 in 129 games. And now you go to Philly in that park. I mean, and he, he'll he he'll get to DH sometimes. Yeah, that's that's the one I like the most. It's definitely a good spot to be. It's definitely a, a, a good one. I'm not going to, I'm definitely not going to argue against that. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any uh some others, some others. Is there a? Why don't I see like any kind of a stolen base numbers? Where are my my stolen base props? Oh, I see them here. Stolen base leaders. Mondesi's the favorite at plus two. Where, where, where are you looking? Uh, regular season leaders. Oh, regular season leaders. There it is. 
stolen base leader. Fucking I know. I know where you're going. Straw, right? Um, I mean, he's he he definitely profiles as being the guy who he's plus fifteen hundred could should. Yeah, that's a good bet. That's you know, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna take that shot, you're gonna take that shot. I don't I don't well, mind that. It's gonna be Montesi if he stays healthy, but he never does. So never does. But I mean, Montesi's a guy who, if he played 120 games, could could actually win this. With steals down across baseball and the yeah. way he runs, I mean, he had in the short 102 games in 2018, he had 43 steals. That's going to be good enough to lead the majors. So if he plays like 120 games, he could steal 50. He stole 15 last year in 35 games, 24 at 59 games in 2020. So, and he doesn't get caught stealing much in his career. 128 steals caught 26 times. So that's why he's the favorite. It makes sense. But at the same time, you're like, well, the guy is not showing the ability to stay on the field. So, um, you know, again, he's played more than 100 games one time, one time. But that's how good he is. If he, if you get 120 games out of him, he's going to win this. Marte, I don't see him running as much. Yeah, you say yeah, you've said that. I I and I and I'm with you on that one there. Merrifield is a, getting, Merrifield's getting a little older, still has good sprint speed. Acuna, no way at four, because you know, they could limit him running early. Trey Turner's not bad. Yeah, I mean, I I don't even know if I I I probably wouldn't even mess with this one. Like, I don't even see who at the bottom would you take? Jaron Duran's on this list, he got sent down. <laughs> what are they doing, man? Jeez. There's there's nobody at the bottom of the list. I mean, with the exception, <laughs> with the exception, if Byron Buxton yes, stays healthy, there we go. I, dude, I hope he stays healthy this year, just so you can eat some crow. But not real, not really that. <laughs> no, I just want to, dude. I want to see a full season of him to see what this guy can do. Like, yeah. you know, it's just it's better for baseball. Although I don't know if you saw last week, he like crashed into a wall. I'm like, come on, man, in the spring training, bro. What are you doing? Stop. But I know that's what he does. But I get it though, man. I can't, I will never knock any player for playing hard. I just can't. And people are hypocrites because they get upset, like, oh, look at these players that don't go hard. Look at these NBA players resting. And then when they play hard, oh, you know, why don't you tone it down? You keep getting hurt. So, like, you can't win. So, I will never criticize a guy for going hard. I do think in the spring, try and take it easy. You don't need to crash into a wall, it's a meaningless game. But you know, when you're wired to play a certain way, you can't change it. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, and I'm perfectly fine with that. You know, I used to love, love, love Chase Utley, right? Because th that was a dude who just left it all out on the field, no matter what. And uh, and for the you know, in the early on in his career, he stayed pretty healthy with that. I would love to see Byron Buxton do it, like to to reach. To that's the thing. Like, I want to see a player reach his full potential. That's why, you know what, deep down, I'm still rooting for Cody Bellinger to get off of this fucking mental kick that he's on that he can't, you know, put, make contact anymore, right? I'm rooting for him to get out of that. Why? Because it's just, it's better for the game. It's better fun. It's more fun to watch. It's more exciting when, when guys who are, you know, strong hitters are performing. I would hate, you know, I'm not, I'm like, that's the thing. And I, I don't want people to like, you know, confuse that. Right. I laugh at Byron Buxton. I talk about the fact that Byron Buxton can't stay healthy and, and that, you know, it's it's like, you know, when, when you know, when he does perform really well, then you want to fucking trade him. That's that strategy. That's just that's it. 
it's not that I'm rooting against Byron Buxton, right? And like, I don't want you know people to sit there and, and think that I like have it in for a player. It's not that I have it in for for Byron Buxton. It's that I'm trying to help you be a better fantasy player, and you know, investing the price, the cost of what it takes to get Byron Buxton. Is this dude still going fucking fifth, sixth round? Oh, dude, in the NFB, some of the NFBC mains over the weekend, he went round two. So there you go. So I mean. You know, it's like, okay, because, yeah, everybody saw what he did in that first month last year. And they were like, oh, he's, he's healthy for the whole season. He's going to do all that. Bullshit, man. I did, I did take him in one draft Champions League because I had, like, no speed the first three picks. And I was like, all right. And I know it's risky. And I, I, I want to have him on at least one team. And obviously, if he gets injured, you'll look back and be like, oh, I should have seen it coming. I should have known. At the same time. You know, one of these years, I feel like that maybe he could stay healthy. I mean, because we, we've gone through this in the past. I mean, Matthew Stafford used to be injury prone for a while, and then he's not. And obviously, it's a more physical sport. But at the same time, we have – but Buxton's, though, it's been weird, too. I mean, the guy missed time because, like, of a tooth issue. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's Who like, the fuck geez. gets a steak that well done that, you know? Yeah, it's just it's been crazy with him. but. um it would. I, I, I would love to see him. Uh, all I'm asking is 138. I mean, 150, 155 would be great, but give me 130, man, just to see what he can do. So, but yeah, I mean, I understand why people just completely shy away from him. Uh, it makes sense because the price tag is still kind of high, and you just look at what he's done throughout his career, and you're like, back to same with Mondesi. Although Mondesi, I mean, the GM even said, yeah, we don't think he could stay healthy, so that's not a good sign. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, look, Buxton has played 100 games or more one time, and that was back in 2017. But, I mean, last year, bro, 61 games. He hit 306, 50 runs, 19 homers, 32 RBIs, and nine steals. And uh, we cannot obviously, you know, extrapolate that and say this is what he's going to do. Okay, let me see. Look at it. So the projections, the sites, the, the popular projections, most of them have him listed for 121 games. A couple have them at 131. They're all between 29 and 33 home runs. They're all between 15 and 20 steals and an average in the 270 range. But hey, 33 homers or th- okay, 30 homers, 15 steals, 270 average. That's valuable in today's game, man. That is extremely huge. Yeah. But dude, the, the thing is, though, like, are we going to get 120 to 125 games? We've seen it one time in his career. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. I won't I'm do just, it. I'm glad I have him on one team. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Well, Listen, I, get you know, like, I don't know if I'm going to get him again. Like, I just. Yeah, I have don't. one share of him, right? I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, you have one share of him uh, in case he does pop that you could, you know, celebrate in it yourself. But you're not going to overinvest and grab them in every league that you're in because you know you're going to have to replace them in every league that you're in. Every league. Yeah. I will have. I, I will have no Mondesi. I'm almost certain. Of oh, that. I already have no Mondesi. I have no Mondesi. I've got no Merrifield. Um, you've turned me off from Starling Marte. I don't think I. I think I have him. I took him in like one best ball. To me, see, he has to. He's got to pair with someone like this is the problem with rankings like a like a like a Soto or a Vlad. Yes. I mean? Yeah. 
like he has to compliment someone like you yeah. can't just take him to go oh i i want speed um so to me he's more a late second early third pick mm-hmm. and he works better yeah with a soda or a vlad because you need you know but i just I don't know, man. He's another guy, too, that has had injury. Again, I hope I'm wrong. I'm a Mets fan, so I want to see the guy play every day and crush it. Um, he is back on the field, so that's a good sign. But he's not going to give you big power, man. City Field is really tough. Um, he had 12 homers last year in 120 games. You know, he played some of those games in Oakland, which is not a hitter's park either. But, um, you know, he had 47 steals last year. They let him run wild. Like, I just don't – and I don't think anyone is drafting for 47 steals. They're drafting him more for 25 to 30. So if you get that, you're happy, but you're just not going to get a lot of power. The RBIs are not going to be high. Um, That's another thing. Don't look this up off the top of your head. Please don't look this up. You're not going to look it up, right? How many many RBIs did Cedric Mullins have last year? Um, Mullins probably had 88, 90. Not even close. 59. 59. Yeah, yeah. wow. You see, and I guarantee lead off, lead off for the Orioles. Dude. Yeah. I mean, he had 30 home runs. Now he still had a great year. Right. That's was... what I was thinking. I was like, 30 home runs. Okay. Right. You know, let's Damn. so it, 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 but you know what though? You you don't care because you won if you draft the most. I had him in I think two leagues. I know I drafted him the GST late, and I was not like pimping him out saying draft Mullins. He was not one of the guys I talked up. But I was like, I remember, I think towards the end of spring, he was performing well. He had given up switch hitting. And I was like, okay, I'll take a shot on him. And I think I had him in labor. I don't know if that was a, I don't know if that was a free agent pickup though. Because remember, that was a 12-team league and the draft was like a month before the season. But yeah, he had 59 RBIs. for 31. No, you're not complaining. He had 30 steals, 91 runs, and hit 291, uh, even though he had a bad second half. But like Marte too, I mean, maybe it changes in the NL with the DH, but I can't see him having a ton of RBIs either. So like, yes, he gives you the steals and he's always hit for good average. Although the park could hurt him a little bit, but yeah, I just, he's got to pair with like a soda or a Vlad for me to work. Listen, that makes sense. That, that definitely makes sense. So, uh, you know, and I agree, like you said it and I like immediately knew what you were going with it. So um, I like it. I like it. So, all right. So stolen bases, uh, probably not something we really want to, uh, want to touch. What about home? What about the home run leader? You going all in on Aaron judge? Finally staying no. healthy. No, I know you're not either. No, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not. I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't really know who I would. That, I would the home run leader is very tough. I think you want to try a long shot for this, right? Don't you really want to like, because, um, I think it's better off. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like Eloy Jimenez at plus 3,000. Uh, mm, uh, you want a longer shot? No, I'm just saying uh, Soto at plus 1,800 is not bad. Soto Harper, plus Harper plus 2,000. Um, I don't think Schwarber's crazy at plus 2,500. Oh, you're super bullish on Schwarber. And I don't, ha- I know I took him, I think I took him in the beat Adam Ronisley. That might be the only one. His price went up too. He was cheaper before, but that dude has massive power, man. Massive power. And you put him in that park in Philly, man, 
That's why I thought Conforto would have been a good fit there. Conforto always hit in Philadelphia, man. Always. What's up with Conforto? Where the hell is know, that man. dude? Like, how is that man. dude not have a job? I wonder if he regrets not taking the Mets qualifying offer now. Of course he does. He could have been paid, what was it, 18-5? Is that what he was yeah. going to get? Mm-hmm. Fuck. I just turned out 18-5 because I can't. I, now I can't get Oh, I got a good long shot for you at plus 6,000. Ooh. Reese Ooh. Hoskins. Interesting. You are you, Mister Gung Ho Philly here, dude. Dude, I, I look. I hope I'm wrong as a Mets fan. They're, <laughs> they're actually not a bad bet to win the division either because they're third. I look. I think the Braves are tremendous. Like losing Freddie Freeman, and I still think they have a good team. They have good arms in that system too. Um, getting Matt Olson to replace Freeman. I mean, Freeman's a better hitter, but. Getting Olsen is not a bad fallback. You bring in Kenley Jansen to deep in the bullpen. You know, Acuna, probably not going to miss much time. They're really good. Obviously, the Mets, if they have DeGrom and Scherzer healthy, are dangerous. But, uh, you know, the Phillies, especially if um, maybe they need another starting pitcher. Um, you know, they need Wheeler healthy, obviously. Hel- Benola, Wheeler's a good combo. The bullpen, they added some arms. And that lineup is just... It's deep, man. You Schwarber, Castellanos, Harbor. Our team's gonna our team's gonna try and small ball him to death since there's no fucking defense. Uh maybe. I mean, right? They could have a lot of slugfest. I mean, that is the concern, is their defense for sure. But man, um, and I look Schwarber might hit lead off. Um, that I'm seeing in some of these games. So that's even better. That means more plate appearances for him. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, look at the top of that lineup: Schwarber, Real Muto, Harper, Castellanos, Hoskins. Man, I mean, it does drop off a little bit as far as the power. Segura, Didi, Bohm, who's two for twenty-one this spring. There's talk that um, Stott could play third base. Yeah, and Bohm. Yeah, but Bohm's gonna just move to DH. Um, or they send him down if he's that bad. Veerling yeah. looks like he's gonna get some time in center field to start. They traded uh Hazley, so. Oh, yeah, they got Ranger Suarez in the rotation, too. So Suarez was really good last year. Eflin looks like he'll start the year. Yeah, I mean. I, I, you I, heard it I, here first, Met fans. Uh, Adam Ronis is abandoning the Mets. I'm not. He's now, I'm being, he is I'm, now the ultimate Philly fanatic. I'm not. I, uh, I hope I'm wrong. But when we're betting, we're being <laughs> objective here. And I think they're. What are they doing? They're they're plus odds to win the division. You it's not a bad like match. You like the Phillies. Ah. You like the Phillies. Nah, nah. Is that a, is that a Mike see. Schmidt mustache you're growing they're, there? Oh, now? they're they're plus three eighty. I thought it would be okay. So Braves a plus one forty, Mets a plus one fifty, and the Phillies a plus three eighty to win the division. Bad. Yeah, plus three eighty. That's that's that's, that's, that's why. Nice. That's why I'm saying it. Like. It's not a bad bet. I mean, because you got the NL West, the Dodgers minus 225. You're not getting value there. Um, AL West, Astros a favorite minus 175. I think the Mariners are not a bad, bad bet at plus 450. I love the Brewers to win the Central, but they're minus 165. Uh, the Jays are favorites to win the East. I think that's correct. They're plus 175, but you can never go wrong with the Rays. They always find a way they're plus 320. Um, in the central, the White Sox are favored minus 195. Detroit, though, plus 750. 
not that bad. If those pitchers come around, I like the moves they made in the offseason. I like the moves they made in the offseason. They need the rookies to pan out also. Right. Well, I love Eduardo Rodriguez. That was a great addition. Mize has looked good in the spring. They need mm-hmm. Scooble to continue to get better. They need something out of Manning. Um, but the lineup, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're going to need Riley Green and Tarkovsky to come through. Yeah. But I don't I don't hate the effort there, Adam. I don't hate the effort. I listen, I, I like what we're what we're seeing out of Detroit. Absolutely. Of course, you know, that always it always happens every time I get like a manager or a GM on the fantasy alarm show, all of a sudden I start look really liking their team. It's like, you know, it's like they, they hand me this this like Dixie cup full of Kool-Aid. And they're like, hey, could you sip on this for a little while during this interview? Thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> Oh shit. All right. Well, I love it, man. I love it. I think uh I, I think so at we least we it. have some some bets now for uh Friday. Yeah, yeah, I asked uh for the um for the list. Yeah, yeah what do you say? Game. Two hours before the draft? No, <laughs> no, I sent an email saying, Will there be a list of prop bets and you know and wagers from which to choose? So that we can, you know, take a look at them before we step into the draft room. And I got an email from Digger that said, yes. Great. Because I remember in the past, we've had like hardly any time to prepare for it. That's why we got to keep looking now. And yeah, we're we're probably going to do mostly baseball anyway. What was it? It's like what? Baseball. Oh, we could do NBA playoff stuff, right? There'll probably be some NBA playoff stuff. There'll probably be um, NBA awards. There'll be okay. uh, I'm probably all... some NHL awards. I can't help there. And I saw it was like Kentucky Derby. I can't help there. So oh, just... I can't. I did, fuck the Derby. Yeah. We we'll talked, the base, to, the, we talked to the NHL guys at Fantasy Alarm, and we talked to them about the awards because they hit it on the money the last time we did this. So no, nobody says we can't like ask advice of somebody, right. is there? No. So doesn't 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 make our it just make it makes us a savvy fantasy owner gathering other information, especially in areas where we think maybe there are some shortcomings with everybody else. Maybe we're the the ones who you know get the hockey information. And uh, and we and that's how we end up sneaking in. Everybody's going to say we know everything about baseball. Oh, we're going to go for the Kentucky Derby. I know everything about horse racing. <laughs> Come on. That shit's as much of a crapshoot as anything else. So I will try and get that list uh, in, in, in fashion. Um, Friday, people, if you uh, listen to the Fantasy Alarm Show, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern on Friday, we're actually broadcasting this draft. So. I'll be uh, via, you know, viciously texting with Adam <clears throat> throughout the uh, the draft as we uh, as we kind of go through it. I forgot. Did we do it on Zoom and have to announce the picks on Zoom? Is that how we did it? We did it on Zoom. Um, I don't think we announced them on Zoom. Didn't we, we just uh, typed them in the box? Yeah, I think we just typed it into the box. OK, we'll figure it all out. You know, they'll, they'll, you know. They're, they're they're prepared, Adam. They know what's going on. Oh, yeah. I know. I, I have faith. <laughs> <laughs> ah. 
All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here today. <laughs> Big thanks to everybody for liking and subscribing. Before we get canceled by the FSGA. For oh, Adam they're Rose. great. I love them. Why you? Come on. <laughs> Just keep, send, keep sending me rings and money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll catch you next time.